Today's episode is brought to you by Olive, a next-generation logistics company serving premium fashion brands. Are your e-commerce logistics costs going through the roof? Olive is here to help. Olive offers brands and retailers over 50% off on return shipping expenses instantly while offering customers a sustainable, waste-free packaging and delivery experience. The solution is turnkey and no development work is required. You simply download their Shopify app to get started. To learn more, visit shopolive.com slash watsonweekly. Save money, save the planet. It's November 21st, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Target releases Q3 earnings, and it's bad, y'all. Walmart responds with Q3 earnings that show the industry how it's done. TikTok launches an in-app e-commerce feature in the U.S. Announcing the launch of RMW Commerce Community. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Target releases Q3 earnings, and it's bad. Wow, this is a complex and tricky environment for a multi-category retailer. Mixed is the operative word for the environment we're in. Here are a few highlights from Target's earnings. Same-store comparable sales are up 2.7% year-over-year. Digital comp sales are up 0.4% despite strong curbside performance. The company only achieved a 3.9% operating margin due to theft and extra inventory issues. While this is better than the 1% achievement last quarter, Investors are used to seeing Target closer to 8%. I have my doubts we will see that number for some time. Operating income declined 50% year-over-year in Q3, and already you can tell this was not a great quarter for the company. What's worse is while listening to the earnings call, I wrote down quite a number of phrases I can only think of as warnings for the world. Things like, rapidly softening discretionary demand across apparel, home, and hard lines. Guests expecting more promotions than ever. Elevated uncertainty. No 2023 guidance. We aren't focused on it yet. Consumers increasingly stressed. Fuel costs are still double 2019 and globally shipping and container rates are still three times 2019, though that declined by one third in the quarter. If you can believe it, Q3 got worse as it went along and softening increase and persists into November for the company. This was a big warning to me. Q4 is going to suck too. After Target and Amazon discounts in early October, things decelerated. In case you are wondering about consumer trends, they're hard to come by. Some guests are opting for smaller pack sizes to save absolute dollars. Others are opting for larger pack sizes for greater unit value. On the positive side, the company did make unit share gains in all five core merchandise categories. Despite Target's challenges, they are winning against some other retailers, although it seems not in Walmart. Beauty and food and beverage were a particular bright spot with double-digit growth in both categories, which is sad to say, only enough to match Walmart across its entire business. The company is looking to identify $2 to $3 billion in operational savings in the next few years. Everyone is saying things like this now. Higher scale creates opportunities. But the company even found bad news in the good news. You might think that container and global shipping rates going down by one-third in recent months is a good thing. But Target right now apparently can't win for losing, is that meant inventory arrives sooner than it thought because supply chains are easing, causing more problems and costs on its balance sheet and upstream in its supply chain. 
Based on this news, it certainly looks to me like Target is announcing the business is decelerating into Q4. But hey, retail media is a bright spot though, right? Well, not exactly. The Roundell ad business increased only 10% year over year, which is a tremendous underperformance relative to other retailers like Amazon and Walmart, where the same number is growing 30 to 40% off of a much higher base. And if you ask me, one area where Target has significantly underperformed, it's this ad business, and that's the first advice I would give them from an investment perspective. Most Wasslin Weekly listeners know I'm a Target fan and know that they were a world-class retailer. That said, it remains to be seen that this environment is one they'll thrive in. I really doubt Target wants to turn itself into Walmart because as soon as the economy recovers, they're going to want that old operating margin back. Our second story. Walmart responds with the Q3 earnings that show the industry how it's done. Whatever the economy has a downturn, everyone is happy there's a Walmart in their neighborhood. Basically, that's what's happening right now. Last week, I listened in on Walmart Q3 2022 earnings call, and here's what I found. First, e-commerce is up 16%, which is very solid. Overall, U.S. 8.2% comp sales growth with improving average order value and transaction counts. Walmart's Connect U.S. advertising is up 40% year-over-year, which is great for them. On the operating income front, they reach 4.8%, which is very solid. While global inventory levels are up 12.4% for Walmart U.S. this quarter, this is significantly down from earlier this year, and a lot of this is inflation dollars, not additional units. One cool thing that Walmart announced was that all U.S. marketplace sellers will automatically be given self-service advertising accounts. That's a great idea, and I don't know why anyone hasn't done this sooner. A few of my own comments on earnings. First, retail is in a category-by-category dogfight at the moment. There are places to be aggressive and places to be cautious. A balanced four-quadrant approach to planning is needed. Second, Walmart indicated that most of its inventory is in its stores, not in its supply chain at this point. This matches what Target said as well. Globally, supply chains have largely recovered, even if we wished costs would come down further. Third, troubled categories are in general merchandise, apparel, electronics, and home. These are offset by gains in categories like consumables and groceries. The big exception is in beauty, which is growing significantly. Lastly, Walmart highlighted on the call that the depth of inventory is one of the most important decisions in retail right now. That is to say, inventory planning is cool again. Never thought you would hear that one, did you? Our next story. TikTok launches an in-app e-commerce feature in the U.S. This past week, TikTok officially began testing e-commerce features in the U.S. Previously, this functionality was only available in the U.S. and several Asian countries. I wish I was more positive about this, but I don't know how I can be. I really believe we already know how this will go. Social commerce as a mainstream activity has not worked out the way everyone thought, mostly because of purchase intent. Livestream e-commerce will succeed in pockets, but I don't believe anyone thinks it will become the default way to shop anywhere. There's really no reason to think that e-commerce and TikTok will be any different than e-commerce on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. A few localized success stories, but nothing game-changing. Don't get me wrong, build your audience on TikTok, but don't expect them to convert there. After all, your audience opened TikTok to be entertained, not to buy. And our last story, announcing the launch of the RMW Commerce Community. 
your trusted destination for e-commerce discussion and advice. I'm very excited to announce this new production of mine. The RMW Commerce community is the trusted place for e-commerce professionals to discuss the industry, software, applications, supply chain, and more. The community will have the following attributes. First is trusted. Because the site only contains e-commerce professionals, you can trust the answers you get there. My job is to ensure that the community is helpful to its members, whether you're looking to discuss the industry, find the answer to a question or problem, or connect with your peers. Next is independent. The site is not tied to any specific vendor, agency, platform, or approach to e-commerce. Next is helpful. The goal is for members to learn and help each other within their e-commerce questions and problems. And then focused. We're 100% about e-commerce all the time. Retail and brand discussion, Amazon, e-commerce platforms and applications, supply chain, technology advice, digital marketing, investment news, and jobs. And finally, it'll be moderated. A trusted group of friends of RMW Commerce will be helping me moderate the discussions. This means no trolls and no self-promotion and a high signal-to-noise ratio. Who is this for? I envision this as a place for all seasoned e-commerce professionals, Watsonians like you, and people new to e-commerce. Retailers, brands, software providers, agencies, marketplace sellers, and investors can all derive value from the community. Why should I join? There are four reasons you should join. First, you can discuss the latest happenings in our industry with other professionals without the clutter of social media. Second, you can get answers to your current e-commerce challenges and issues from other professionals. Third, learning about e-commerce in the RMW commerce community is just easier than on LinkedIn. Why should you have to figure out who to follow or connect to? Just show up and participate because the topics are already there and if they aren't, you can add them yourself. We're listening. You can also get a more personal audience with me there. Seriously, ask me anything. I'll be hanging around. Why did you create it? Well, I believe that any modern marketer who is not incorporating community into their approach is missing out on something. There are three reasons I created this community. First, there are almost no independent trusted sources of e-commerce discussion online. There are specific ones out there that are gated and, and paid for, which are great, but they're hidden. I also find that social media like LinkedIn and chat rooms like Discord and Slack are too ephemeral. A message board serves as an archive and the value of the format increases over time because of the powerful search engine available. While LinkedIn and my podcast are great ways to connect with industry professionals, each is limiting in their own way. With LinkedIn, ultimately you accept their rules and I often find myself sifting through too much noise to stay focused on e-commerce. I love producing the podcast, but it's also a broadcast channel, not a two-way conversation. This community will allow us to engage more deeply on a narrow set of topics than other places online. Little known fact, when I first launched this podcast, I actually did envision a community attached to it. And finally, after a year and a half, I got to realize that vision. What are the features of the site? Well, the RMW Commerce community is actually based on Discourse, which is an open source discussion forum. I've created several forums on with various e-commerce topics like e-commerce and retail talk, supply chain, e-commerce software, digital marketing, Amazon, our podcast here, the Watson Weekly, and industry events. What's the future of this community? There are really a lot of directions I could take it in the future. But in the beginning, my goal is just to take it slow. Let the community evolve, grow, be useful, and gain the trust of its members. Without that, there's really nothing else. Here are just a few of the things that I think we can introduce in the future. Exclusive online events and webinars. Trusted market maps of various e-commerce software sectors. Webinars and online courses provided by the community as well as me. Local events and meetups. And then jobs. 
Finally, hosted Ask Me Anything events with me, Rick Watson. I would love you to check it out after the podcast. Just visit community.rmwcommerce.com and check it out. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, WhatsApp Team Inbox raises $23 million from Tiger Global and Shopify. This is the company's Series B funding for a tool which is designed for small and medium businesses of all types to communicate with their customers effectively using WhatsApp. The best way to describe it is like Zendesk for WhatsApp. Second, Google acquires Twitter-based AI avatar startup Alter for $100 million. Seems to me like this is going to bring technology like Apple's iPhone and Emoji to Google's Android platform. With big tech companies proceeding with layoffs in the tens of thousands, does Google really need to drop $100 million on virtual avatars? Third, Victoria's Secret is buying lingerie brand Adore Me for $400 million. After struggling for the last few years, it appears to me Victoria's Secret is on a mission to renew itself. Former Amazon executive Chris Rupp recently joined as chief customer officer and will likely attempt a transformation as she did at Albertsons. This acquisition is designed to help give Victoria's Secret a new image reflecting body positivity and inclusive sizing rather than focused on supermodels. Fourth, customer experience platform Amplify acquires ratings and reviews platforms Pixly turn to. Amplify helps customers manage their social media marketing and service and looks like they will want to use Pixly turn to as another upsell into its customer base to display the social media content across its properties. And finally, Former ButcherBox execs leverage meat shipment expertise into new direct-to-consumer startup. New perishable shipping company Grip hopes to help ship temperature-controlled items more reliably. One of the founders is the former head of logistics at ill-fated startup ButcherBox. That's what happens in Silicon Valley. One failed company sometimes rolls right into a newly reborn company with the same people and a few learnings along the way. The company just raised a $2 million pre-seed round from Soma Capital and others. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Want to discuss the topics on the show? Head on over to community.rmwcommerce.com to connect with other listeners. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower. Production manager, Gabriela Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.